today. Jeremiah 18, verse number four, you will find these words written. It says, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. I'm going to talk to you all just for a few moments here today from the subject matter, marred vessels, marred vessels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. When I look at this text, our text is another illustration of how God used the life of the common people to teach great truths. We think of the great master teacher, Jesus Christ, and uh, his method of teaching the people the gospel of the kingdom. Those of you all who have been signing on uh, to Tuesday night Bible study, we've been dealing uh, with the teachings of Jesus. You would remember the sower, the seed, and the soil. How about the woman, the leaven, and the bread? We also talked about the vineyardist, the vineyard, and the fruit. In our text here today, God compares himself to the potter and his people to the clay. The text says that the vessel was marred. In other words, it was blemished. It was damaged. It was ruined in the hand of the potter. And how many of you all know some people are marred by sin while God is working with them? I'm going to say it again. Some people are marred by sin while God still works on them. So today, just briefly, I want to consider God. I want to consider the potter. I want to consider the people as well as the clay. And then I want to also deal with how the vessel became marred. When you look at God, the potter, here we have a great gospel truth brought to view under the metaphor of a potter. You'll find in Lamentations, the fourth chapter, verse number two, it simply says, Zion's precious children who are worth their weight in fine gold are now treated like clay pots, like those made by a potter's hand. This shows me, and it ought to show you, that our life is not an accident. But fact of the matter is, it is a design in the hand of God. Paul confirms this because Paul says in Galatians 1 and 15, and I hope you don't mind me preaching the Bible, 
Paul says in Galatians 1 and 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. And then Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians, the second chapter, he says, we are the workmanship of the great potter of our life. He says, we are his workmanship. He says, God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that he has prepared for us to do. I don't quite know about you, but I'm glad that God is the potter. And how many of you all know that the potter knows what to do with the clay? God is the potter. We as his people, we are the clay. And one thing I believe that we can all agree with is simply this, that clay left to itself is helpless. Fact of the matter is it is utterly unable to make anything out of itself. And so is man. Man is helpless unless God makes something out of him. You see, as the potter held the clay in his hands, so the Lord held his people in the palm of his hand. And this is a descriptive way of saying that the Lord can do with his people whatever he desires to do. Holding them in his hand, means that he possesses all rights and power over them. It was Job that says, your hands formed me and made every part of me. In another translation, Job says, God, you have uniquely made me. And that's the reason why we can't help but to say that it's in him that we live move and have our very being. I hear a song creeping up in my spirit that without God, I could do nothing. Without God, I would fail. Without him, I would be drifted like a ship without a sail. And so, yes, God is the potter and we are the clay. And don't forget that the potter can do whatever he desires to do with the clay in his hand. But then I want to notice something else. I want to notice the pattern. And when I speak of pattern, I speak of the blueprint. I speak of an example. I speak of a model. You see, because the potter is an artist in his own right. However, he uses a pattern when he fashions a vessel. Those of you that know anything about sewing, amen, amen. And you know, you, 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 you what? You lay a pattern on top of the material. Oh, I remember my mother, she was a seamstress and she had her own sewing room and she would lay out some material on a big table and then she would take that pattern and she put a bunch of pins in the pattern. And then she would cut around 
the pattern. One thing I noticed, she never cut the pattern. Uh-oh, she never cut the pattern. She always cut around the pattern. And then when she cut around the pattern, it would just be a bunch of pieces of material. Oh, but then she pulled out that sewing machine and she followed the instructions and she would sew one piece to another piece and then another piece to another piece. And then all of a sudden I'd watch her to see what she was trying to make. And then all of a sudden halfway through, I didn't understand what it was at first, but then as she kept on putting the pieces together, I see her put a sleeve on it. I said, that must going to be a jacket or a coat. But she followed the pattern. Well, guess what? Hallelujah. Jesus is God's pattern after whose likeness he seeks to fashion our lives. Paul said in Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And some folk get a little confused with King James. Well, let me give you another translation. It simply says this is true because he already knew his people and had already appointed them to have the same form as the image of his son. How many of y'all know when you were in your mother's womb, God already knew you and God had already predestined you eh, to have the same image as uh, his son. And then I hear John in 1 John chapter three says, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. He says, therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Oh, but this is the part that make me want to dance. He says, beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that. And how many of y'all know there's just some things you ought to know? And I want you to know, he says, we know that when he shall appear, eh, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I hear a song, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. But when he appears, one thing I do know, because he had predestined me to be in the image of his son, I know that I shall be like him. Well, let me calm down here. I'm glad God's the potter. I'm glad that we are the clay. And I'm glad that God has a pattern for us. And that pattern, that model, that example is so that we can be more like Jesus. And that's why Paul said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, to be more like Jesus. That's what he's trying to accomplish in us. Uh, I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Jesus. Well, when you take a trip down to this potter's house, 
you will notice something with the vessel that he was making. The text tells us the vessel was marred in the hand of the potter. Now, here again, God admits something. What does God admit here in this text? He admits that despite his divine skill and efforts, he fails to achieve his original design in the life of his people. I don't want you to miss it here. And this shows, this shows us that we are free moral agents, that we must cooperate with God if he is to succeed in our lives. Now, I'm going to say it again. God could have made us all robots. He could have made us all obedient. He could have made us all faithful to him. But because God, in his infinite wisdom, allowed us to be free more agents, in other words, to make choices of our own, did you not know that in order for God to fulfill in your life what he has purposed for your life, you must cooperate with God. I'm going to say it again. You've got to cooperate with God. You see, no amount of effort by God can do anything with us without our will and cooperation. And so, therefore, the vessel was marred. It was damaged. It was impaired. It had been impeded. It was disfigured. How many of y'all know sometimes, even though we're in the hands of the potter, that sometimes life seems to bring about some damaging blows. It seems to disfigure these clay vessels. Oh, but look at the potter. Look at the potter and the marred vessel. What did the potter do with the vessel? That was marred. That was damaged and disfigured. Did he cast it away as a total failure? Unworthy of further efforts. Well, I got good news. No, he didn't. Somebody right where you're sitting say, I'm glad he didn't. Hallelujah. When you became disfigured, aren't you glad that God didn't just throw your clay away? No, what did he do? The text says that he made another vessel. He did the next best thing with that clay. And so what does God do with our marred life? Does he cast us away as hopeless? Not at all. But guess what? He works us over. Sometimes God got to spend more time on some than he does on others. And I'm not here to determine who needs the powder to keep making them over again and again. But what I am here to say is thank God the potter gives us another chance. He works us over. He makes the next best vessel out of us. Well, can I put some Bible on it? What about the thief on the cross? He was a brand that was plucked 
out of the fire. He was a messed up vessel. Oh, his vessel was just about over. It was almost over for him. But in his dying hours, thanks be to God, he looked over at Jesus on the cross and said, when you get into that kingdom, please remember me. Aren't you glad God is a God? Hey, that if you call on him, hey, he'll answer you. What about brother Jacob in the 32nd chapter of the book of Genesis? Jacob was a broken vessel. Hey, my God. But look, when God got through with him, when the potter got through with that clay, he changed his name from Jacob and called, say, your name is going to be Israel. You're marred, you're broken, you're impaired, my God. People don't want nothing to do with you. You are a deceiver and a liar too. But God said, I'm the potter. I'm going to make me another vessel. What about brother Peter? Peter was a broken vessel, y'all. In the 14th chapter of the book of St. Mark, Jesus had already told brother Peter that the devil desire to sift you like wheat. He said, but I prayed for you. And he said, aren't you glad God prayed for you? He said, and guess what's going to happen, Peter? He said, before the cock crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And guess what? Peter denied him. Peter, I said, denied him three times. But Brother Peter, I testify here today that, yeah, when you're in the hands of the potter, the potter will make you all over again. What about Brother Paul in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts? Paul was a broken vessel. Prior to being Paul, he was Saul. Went around persecuting the church, but God saw something in him. And I stopped back here to let somebody know, don't give up, don't throw in the towel. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, the God that I serve, he sees what's inside of you. Saul was going to persecute the church, but then he was a persecutor of the church. But when I read in Acts 9, the 15th chapter, it says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel under me. Nobody wanted to talk to Brother Saul. Saul was messed up. He chopped your head off. But when God speaks and when we are obedient to God, my God, he told the man of God, you go to him, my God, because even though he's messed up, he tore up from the floor up. He's involved in what he don't need to be involved in. He simply says he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then Saul's name was changed to Paul. And now over half of the New Testament, we receive our encouraging words because Saul was in the hands of the potter and the potter made him all over again. And now we're blessed because we serve a God of a second chance. What a picture of God's effort. What a picture of God's effort. I'm almost finished. To save us for the kingdom of God. The infinite ones occupies himself with working over marred lives. God delights in working over marred, damaged, my called lives. Admits, my God, failure with many of us. 
And despite his skill and his power, yeah, sometimes we try to do it our way. But guess what? He never gives up on us. And somebody, you need to hear that today. God is not giving up on you. I don't care how low you may feel. God has not given up on you. I don't know who I'm talking to here today, but it doesn't matter what you have been involved yourself with. God has not given up on you. He'll never give up. Ah, he, does, he does the best for us. And it is his desire that none of us be lost, but that we all would be saved so he can welcome us into his kingdom one day. And so I encourage all of us, hold on to God. The devil will try to tell you you're not saved. The devil will try to tell you God don't love you. Oh, but nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And sometimes God have to put us on the potter's wheel. Somebody said, Pastor, I feel like I'm on the potter's wheel today. Well, guess what? That's a good place to be. I said, I'd rather be on the potter's wheel than to be in the potter's field. Because when the potter could not absolutely do nothing with the clay, he had what was known as a potter's field. And he would throw that clay into that field. And once that clay arrived in that field, it simply meant there was no more hope. My God, for that clay. But I stand by to let y'all know the field is closed today. As long as you got breath in your body, there's still hope. Ah, the field is closed. My God, because God loves us. And he says, whosoever will, let him come. You come without money. You come without price. Why? Because I'm a God of a second chance. I'm a God that can restore everything that you've lost. The devil come to steal. He come to kill. He comes to destroy. Maybe you lost your testimony. Maybe you lost your joy. Maybe you lost your vitality when it comes to spiritual matters. Maybe you don't enjoy reading the word of God like you used to. I stop by here to tell you, I dare you to take a trip to the potter's house. And somebody may feel you on the wheel. Stay on the wheel. Stay on the wheel. The potter, he's going to put you back together again. And when I, in my spiritual imagination, when I look down at the wheel, when I look down at the wheel, I see the wheel spinning and it's spinning mighty fast. But when I look down at the wheel, I see two feet controlling that wheel. And who's controlling that wheel? Who's controlling the speed? God himself. And that ought to be good news. Whatever you're going through, God is in control. He's in control of your sickness. He's in control of your financial difficulties. He's in control of every area of your life. I dare you to trust the potter because when he makes you over again, the potter made a vessel that seemed good to the potter. Some of y'all trying to seem good to the pastor. You're trying to seem good to bishops and those in, in ecclesiastical positions. Oh, God forbid. I want when he makes me, I want to be good for the potter. As long as, it, as long as the potter's satisfied, hallelujah, I give him praise and I magnify him and I glorify his great name. This pandemic 
have caused us to be in. We get ready to come out. It's been over a year, but thank God the potter's been at work. He's been spinning that wheel. Hallelujah. He's been spinning that wheel, but thank God he's been in control. And you see, my God, on the picture that I had put up, let me put that back up and I'm finished. You see that clay pot is cracked. Many people have been cracked. Many people have been wounded. Many people have been cast down. Many people feel forsaken during this time. But God is the only person I know that can make a crack pot hold water. That's why you ain't lost your mind. Somebody ought to talk to me here. That's the reason why you haven't given up. Your crack pot still was able to hold some water because God said, as I take this marred piece of clay, I see some good in it. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to uphold you with my right hand. I'm going, my God, to bless you. And so I say to you today, be patient with yourself and know that God is on the throne and know that God is not through with you yet. Every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody looking around. Somebody you feel cracked today. Somebody you feel you were just about ready to give up. But I got good news. The potter potter wants to put you back together again. But please understand, you must cooperate with God. He's not going to force himself on you. You must willingly cooperate with God. And if we cooperate with God, he will do whatever he says.